This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the One Was Had a Dream podcast. As ever, my name is Lee Finch, and I will be joined by the ever-present Danny Baker. Uh, tonight, we are going to be joined by Jack Mountney, uh, and we'll be discussing the Northampton game where we were 2-0. Lost 2-0, sorry. We were going to say 2 down, but yeah, we lost 2-0. Uh, and then I'll ask the question to the guys and everyone that is listening, are we a club in crisis? But Danny, how are we? You good? I'm all right, mate. Obviously, the Queen stuff's been dominating the world, um, which rightly so. Um, but it's one of them things. What did you make of the? Um, obviously, let's be sad and and you know, long live the king, if you like. Um, what did you make of the games being called off then last week? What did you make of it? Right move, not right move. Two. I, I was fifty-fifty. Okay. Fifty-fifty. One. I'm quite. Uh, if you don't know, I'm quite a big royalist. All right, okay. Um, I, well, I'm not a royalist as such. I do. I love the Queen. I love okay. William and Harry. Yeah, they're brilliant. Uh, Charles could do without, but yeah, and the others don't really want to go into that too much. But no, no, that's fine. Queen, I love, and I, I actually I found it quite upsetting actually, yeah, you because know, you see pictures of the Queen around and stuff, and you think, wait a minute, I'm never going to see that woman. Like it's like someone that you know has died, but you don't know her. It's really weird to yeah. I'm really struggling to explain it. Like someone, no, no, no. no she's been a constant, and she's yeah. always everywhere. On every, they were saying that you saw the Queen every day on the pound coin or something Everything. around. Everyone saw her. Yeah. So all of a sudden, for that to be ripped uh, up, and I'd, just... I'd have liked to have gone down there and paid my tributes, but unfortunately, with work and three kids, it's not not going to happen. Unfortunately, but I will be Monday off, and we'll be watching it because it's going to be history. But I think. Half of me Has like, football got it right, do you think? Half of me thought, yes, they had got it right because it was literally that time. Yeah. The other half thought, I, 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 we are in new times. It ain't like the old days. And I think the yeah. Queen would have wanted sport and everything to go ahead. Yeah. 
And I think I just watched the Rangers Napoli start. Okay. And that sent shivers down my spine that they've got a big toast. What's it called? Tivoli. Yeah. Of the Queen. They sang the national anthem and it sent shivers. And I think that would have been quite good football grounds. But then you know what football's like, though, Danny. The other flip side of that, you've got yeah. the people that are not royalists who hate the royal family, who hate all that, and they would have been booed, and it could have got... I, I, I think they're right with this weekend's game. Some of the games have been called off because of yeah. the police presence that they need. Do you know what I mean? There's going to... You know what I mean? There's 360,000 people who are sending on London to yeah. see the Queen laid at rest, but yeah. Well, I, I get that. I mean, I, I, I was looking at it. I thought it was a bit hasty, a little bit shotgun. But at the same time, there was conversation about the policing and that, and which you've got to respect that if if that's what they're talking about. And I I personally would have had next weekend everything off, all sport, anything with British off, rugby, tennis, cricket, whatever. One weekend, it's the weekend of the funeral. The funeral's Monday, everything's off. Yes, it will be dull or whatever you want to call it, but I'd I'd have had that completely clear and let the last Saturday and the midweek. But I guess it's a weird one that you can't get right. But I was appalled when I looked. I was literally, again, you watching the Rangers game. UEFA said that it wasn't going to allow the national anthem at, And it's like, come on, you know, Man City are an English club. The Queen's passed away. Surely you can just put, you can have the anthem for 30 seconds. If you want to play the German one at the same time once. Yep. And, FIFA, and FIFA and UEFA said no. I was like, I think, I think Rangers, weird times. Rangers said, fuck it, we're playing it. Fine us. Do you know what I mean? And they'll probably get they'll probably get fined more than some club that's been racist towards players. You know what I mean? It's our UA for working it. They're mad how they do things. And- I'll tell you what was funny though yesterday. And I don't know if Jack recognised this yesterday, but at the Northampton before the game started, they did like the um, all the tributes, and then they went silent. I don't know if they called it. I couldn't hear anything. Everything went silent. The players walked out and they all lined up. We were like, okay, this is probably the part of a tribute. The players then went off and started doing their warm-ups and running about. And I don't know what you thought, Jack. It was like a couple of minutes and everyone was like, what's going on here then? And it was all nice and silent. One Northampton guy behind the goal as the keeper went up to him went, go on, mate. Like, literally like a, like a light clap. And of course, everyone's waiting for one person to break the mould. Everyone's gone potty. and Everyone's like, come on, well, come on, you dogs. And all of a sudden, they're like, please, can we have a minute silence for the Queen? And everyone was like, oh, my God, that we, that wasn't even it. So everyone was kind of jumping around and going crazy after. But I thought, I thought it was a decent job yesterday. One of the few things we did well yesterday, I thought, was the tribute. But what did you make of it, Jack? Uh, well, the tribute in general. Yeah. yeah, the tribute was obviously it was kind of part of history being there and obviously minute silence and national anthem. Um, it was quite weird singing God Save the King because obviously yeah. we're so used to singing God Save the Queen. Um, but yeah, I think the confusion, I think, kind of says says a lot of how the club is at the minute. It's just not, we're not really in a in a stable situation. We're all a bit over the place at the minute. We're so. a little bit in flux, aren't we, at the moment? Um, I think, yes. Dan, going back to your point regarding last weekend, I'm, I agree with you about this weekend. I think all footages should have been probably cancelled this year, this yeah. weekend. But the problem we got is it was so, we haven't been in this situation, what, 70 years, 80 yeah. years, do you know what I mean? Such a thing happens and then I think they kind of the FA were like right she's a patron of the FA like they called off every football from Premier League to like kids level was all called off which yeah I think is that was the wrong decision but I think yeah they kind of panicked and went right we're just calling it off and then rugby went ahead and stuff and everyone's like well if rugby can go ahead and then uh, yeah kind of blurred the lines a little bit but yeah I would agree I think this weekend everything should have been off 
Uh, do you know what I mean? And yeah, it would have saved people spending 60 quid on a. I'd have preferred Carlisle on a Tuesday night to a Saturday anyway. Oh, crikey, Moses. But anyway, Northampton. Right. <clears throat> we'll move on and, and we'll have to discuss something that is uh, pretty poor as well. But, uh, I thought first 20 minutes, I thought we started pretty well. We moved the ball really quick. Johnny Jackson was on the sideline, giving the ball back to quick throws and stuff. And once we concede the goal, which many people believe it is not Nick Zanner's fault. Uh, How can you even think that? How anyone can think that? I've got no idea. Jack, you were there. We literally, you must have been literally behind it. Like, incredible. I'm still kind of lost for words. Obviously, it's come off Pell. And it's gone towards Zanev. But in, in any world, it's, and I think any keeper will just dive on it like a cat. I don't understand why he's gone to touch it and then pulled his hand away. It looks like he slipped. But for us, it just looked like it was slow motion. And it just looked like he pulled out of it and it's just gone in. And I think Davison's reaction just says it all, head in hand, gobsmacked. Like, what what have you just done? I mean, <laughs> if you where we were, we could see it really clearly. When I watched the highlights and I was showing the lad at work, I was like, look at this goal. And it's not quite as easy to see because obviously you've got players in the way. But I tell you what, from where I was literally right behind it and it was incredible. And to be honest with you, you know, I, I'm not over... I thought we we had a couple of decent bits early doors, but there wasn't much to shout about. And I thought I, I thought Zanev looked totally shot. He looks absolutely shot to pieces in every asset. He's catching. I don't think he caught many balls at all. His positioning was poor. His play from the from the floor, and unfortunately, because we want to play passing football, the ball does go back to him, and he's got to be okay on his feet. And he absolutely bless him. He, he looked totally shot. Is he shot, or is that just him? Is that him? Like we've had it now for two two seasons. He he didn't look great in League One. Do you know what I mean? There was mistakes. If you if you're going to cost mistake, he cost us a couple of mistakes last season in League One. Is it just him? That's his. I see him as a keeper. He's not that he's shot. He's just not very good. I, don't, I, don't, I think the difficulty with it is that if you're going to, whatever, however we want to look at it, if you've got players in League Two, they're missing some aspect of their game. So, you know, Gunter, okay player, lacks a bit of legs. Lee Brown lacks a bit of quality. Nightingale lacks a, lacks a yard of pace. All these players are going to lack an asset. Now, I don't have a problem on a penalty. I'd back Zanev to, to do well. I think from a shot spot, shot stopping point of view, I think he's okay. Yeah. But passing the ball back, I just, he is kicking is terrible. I'm like, hearing this bad. all over the place about, oh, he's a great shot stopper. There's Jack, one of my mates put on Twitter today, Jack, or Facebook, Jack Turner was a great shot stopper, but you yeah. wouldn't have him as a League Two goalkeeper. Most goalkeepers earning their salt should be shot stoppers. He just, he can, anyone can, like any goalkeeper should be able to do a shot. He, he just, he can't pass that from the back. Anytime he gets the ball from the back, any time like this season, he looks like he's just going to cry. Like, didn't he pick it up the other week against uh, someone as well? Or was it North uh, Stockport? No, stop, yeah, Stockport. Uh, I've been told I'm not allowed to mention that because apparently it was a, it came off Marsh's foot. But I think Zanev, in the modern game, especially if you look at Edison and Allison. You've got to be good with your feet as well as your hands. And I think yeah. that shot stopping is just a, a prime basic of being a keeper. And I think all the others mm. come extra. And if you're not good at shot stopping, then you're not cut out to be a keeper. Yeah, It's just as simple as that, in my opinion. But just even yesterday, first 10 minutes, when he just passed it to their striker. And mm. luckily, he just he, he didn't score. But, mate, he, he could have just booted. He looked up, a bit second, there's no one there. 
It's just. I do think it's. Uh, I think it's endemic of our problems. Think, Jack. We literally, as soon as the ball goes to him, he kicks it. He got. He's got a, a foot like a twenty p piece. The ball goes anywhere, and the challenge is, is that the ball goes back, and then we lose any kind of quality. We lack it. We can't keep possession because he's he's very poor on the foot on the, on the floor. Pierce isn't particularly strong enough as a ball player to pick passes forward, so he goes back, and then. It, again, it just if you were if you're any team now, you just pre- you just put your high press, press the two centre backs and the keeper, and you get the ball back. And it's just, it, yeah, it, I think it's a real challenge to work around it. And I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know whether a new keeper is the answer. We haven't got any money, I don't think. So I don't know how we're going to. You know what? The, what the frustrating thing with the Northampton game for me is, I was looking at Northampton and thinking they're not that they're not that much. You know what I mean? They're not that good. Not much cop. Do you know what I mean? But they still won the game 2 0. Didn't even have a shot, really, did they, against us, but won no. the game 2 0, kept a clean sheet. And, and one of the most frustrating things I'm finding watching football nowadays and getting really bored, and Sam Elliott mentioned it the other week about how predictable it is being a Wimbledon fan at the moment. How, once we went 1 0 down, that was it. That was pretty much game over. And you could have just left and know, know what's going to happen. But they were time wasting Northampton after about going 1 0 up. And I just thought, come, we go to watch football to be entertained, yeah? Yeah. Why, why has that gone out of the game now? I know I get it, results matter and it's all about results. But my God, they just started just time-wasting straight and it's so boring. You think some people paid 35 quid to get into that game yesterday and they've got to watch us be absolutely horrendous and them just time-waste. It's like, what is going on with football? I mean, we could have played for a fortnight yesterday. And, and I mean, Pell had a decent shot in the first half. Decent, one of the few bits of football we did all right. I thought Asal was busy. I thought he really, really tried. I, I just, I, 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 he's almost now, I'm kind of getting to the point where he's thinking he doesn't want to pass it because he thinks there's no one else to kind of work with. He just thinks I'm going to do it on his own. But I, it just, it got, it got to the point yesterday where we were always be talking about things and I've always been quite chipper, but I don't know what you thought, Jack. I, it was really like striking how similar it was to last year. And, and ultimately for me, just lacked, the first time this year, I genuinely looked at we lack a bit of bottle here. Like, lack, lack a little bit of, okay, I'm going to put my foot in. I'm going to, I'm going to take the game by the scruff of the neck. I just, it looked like everyone was passing the buck a bit. Yeah, well, I think the only player that kind of had any kind of anything about him yesterday was NYC. Like, you, you see him running for the ball, you see him calling for the ball. When something doesn't go away, you see him kind of try and rile up the players. And he does that every game. And it's a shame that he went off because I think if he would have stayed on, he might have kind of made some sort of impact but it's just yeah I, I agree I think everything starts from the back I think if you're not confident at the back then you're not going to be confident going forward are you because you're always in the back of your mind worried are we going to lead goals there um, and I think luckily for Zanev if Broom wasn't injured I think he'd be starting on Saturday I, I think he's very lucky that Broom's out for however many weeks he is in all honesty can we discuss the Osu situation? I mean, I was just about to say to you, like, what, 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 I, I, I'm lost for words at the moment trying to get it out. The subs yesterday blew my mind. Okay, NYC had to come off. He had an injury. But then you bring Osu on and put him as a right winger. And the first thing he does is just go down the wing and, get, and it gets like, not even shoved off the ball. But it was a little nudge and boom, he's off the ball. They've got two of their players attacking us again. What is it, what is, is it me or is he just look out of his level? Looked, I, don't, I don't really know what to be honest the, the bigger the bigger case is what on earth was he doing on the pitch in the first place like you've lost your centre forward 
you've got Bartley on the bench and Hudley. Now I take Hudley might not have been fit. Maybe Bartley wasn't fit, but it almost like put, he put Osu up front for the end of the first half and he was quick and lively and running, run his heart off. But we just looked all over. Like I'd, as soon as he did that, everyone was like, what's, what's this all about then? Just seemed to, I mean, what did you make of it, Jack? Did you, did it, did, I, I'm trying to work out, out why he did it. I don't know. Do you have any idea why? Uh, well, I think it was 44th minute he came on, wasn't it? I think I went for a, I went to go and get a beer just because I was just, oh, I don't know, I was just not interested at all. And then I saw in the group chat that someone was like, oh, Osu's come on for NYC. And uh, my first reaction was like, why not Curry? I know, I know he might obviously not be 100% fit, but obviously I didn't know he was playing with right, like right forward or whatever. But you, you'd think bring on Curry because he's got a lot more defensive ability and going forward, he's a lot better. Um, and I, I mean, I can kind of see that he put him as a winger, but he's just not up for it at all, is he? He's not. No. Like, I know George but, Brown just says does not rate him at all, and I share the same sentiment. I think he's crap. What, what's driving me mad this year is uh, we've said it before, and a lot of other people have said like dropping down a level. There'll be players that will be brilliant at this level. They'll step up. I've not seen one that like George Marsh has disappointed me this year. Uh, Osu, I thought, yeah, he'd be a good League Two win back disappointed. Lee Brown just goes missing. It looks like, as you said, Danny, has no quality at the moment. Don't look like he's got any quality. There's uh, who else has stepped down from the level? Pell, I think, needs games. Yeah, he really needs games. Well, Rusty yesterday. Yeah, he's going into challenges, maybe getting a little bit mouthy as well and needs to calm down a little bit because we don't need him getting sent off. Uh, I don't know what you boys feel about the the, the team that we had last year and this is like maybe players that we should have got rid of that we've kept, and this is why, again, a lot of frustration from fans, and, and they're not good enough even at League Two level. But the, the, the weird thing for me is, and I was talking to a lot of the guys around me, personnel-wise, you look down the list and you feel like, okay, we're, we're, we're all right. Uh, like, you think, Gunner at right back, Brown at left back, okay, they'll be okay. Towler, I thought, was fine. I don't think he did anything. I, it was a weird game yesterday because... I didn't think we got completely smashed to pieces by Burn Northampton, but we did. We, we didn't really lay a glove on him. He didn't do anything wrong for me. He just. He, but it was it was a real nothing game. Like I could have. It, it felt like a nil nil, but it was two nil, and it, that was how it felt to me. But I, it's just. It, it's a, it, I look down the list of players, and I feel like we we're, we've got some good players, but for me, there's obviously some disparity between the quality of the player and our, and what we're getting. And at the moment, I feel like we're going for a transition where Jackson's trying to work out who, where people should be playing, you know, square pegs, round holes, that kind but of stuff. But we're, we're eight games in, Danny. You should already well, know this stuff. Of course. And this, I think this is the issue. Fair play to him yesterday. He changed the, he changed the formation. We were, we were bad. He's trying different things. I don't necessarily have a huge issue as far as Jackson goes because I think he's trying to do something different. But what's worrying is that the players on the pitch are clearly not not responding to what is being what they're being told. Jack, before you come in, I just want to quickly... The funniest thing I've seen today, though, is uh, Johnny Jackson, when he started with us, great air, good-looking man, probably the best hair-looking man in League Two. The picture of him doing the uh, interview yesterday, and we've turned him in eight games into a junkie. It's unbelievable. If you look at him, he swears all over the like his hair. Train spotting. Down. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Jack, go on. What did you what did you have to say about the players that have come down from League One to League Two and just don't look like they're they're gonna be able to step up even at League Two level? 
I think really it's just come as a massive culture shock for some of them. Like obviously you go down a division, you think, oh, it's going to be a lot easier. Like we're not going to lose as many games and whatever. But, and I think a lot of players are taking that for granted. And if anything, League Two is a lot harder than League One just because you've got players in there that are physically strong, have got a point to prove because they don't, they don't want to be in League Two. No one wants to be in League Two, do they really? So, but I think, yeah, like players like Lee Brown, I just think hasn't, Really, even in League One, I don't think he was immensely special. I think he came with this kind of hard man Im- image, and he's just kind of fallen back onto that. Um, but I, th- I think players have it, have stepped up, like Curry. I think if bar his Mansfield mishap with a penalty, I think he's been probably our best, arguably our best player. Um, but it's just really, I think it's just reoccurring problems that Asal his greediness and his. Like yesterday, he could have laid it off on the overlap run for yeah. the wing back. I think it was about seventieth minute, and we're all screaming at him to do it. But he looks up and shoots when he's got two men in front of him. Like it's like it's just some things never change, you know. And it's getting to the point where if it doesn't, I can see us slipping down the table quickly. Well, we're we're currently in relegation form. We're you know they say judge the manager and judge the team by the first ten games. We're eight games in where I think we're averaging a point a game, which yep. is relegation form at the moment. And we've got two tough games coming out, which we'll talk about later on in the show. But yeah, I, I struggle. As I said yesterday, I struggle with Johnny Jackson's subs. I struggle with the identity. When Johnny Jackson came in, I thought he was going to have his identity uh, and he was going to make this club like, like Robbo had processes and stuff. Like I know we don't want to go on to about Robbo and the process and stuff, but I thought, Johnny Jackson was going to bring in his own identity and stuff. We just, yesterday, I just we don't look like we have an identity now. We look lost. They look like players that literally have just gone, right, you're playing today and that's it. I think the one thing with Robbo, as you said, is that everyone was clear. There was a lot of clarity of the message of, yep. you know, you know, whatever the language he was using, however he wanted to do it, it was abundantly clear. This is what we're going to do. This yep. is our plan and we're going to do it. And I don't know about how you, how you feel about it, Jack Orley, but I just, I think the, the the real worry for me is, I can see there's a problem, but I, I don't know what it is, and that's the real worry. Like normally, it's like it's recruitment, the manager's crap, the players are crap. It could be whatever it is. I just, I don't. I'm watching the game and I'm watching, looking at the club, and I'm like, I don't quite know how to address this. I don't know where, where the problem is. I can see good players. I think the manager is fine as a coaching unit. I think the league, we're comfortable in it in terms of when we're playing well. There's obviously a gap between us playing well in our squad and I don't know how to address it. I don't know if it's formation. I don't think the recruitment's been particularly bad. I don't think it's stellar, but I'm, I'm happier now than I was last year. But there were so many easy things last year. It's that, it's that, it's that. The only thing I can step to on it is squad depth. That's the only thing I can look at it and go is, we don't quite have enough people in and around that squad to freshen it up. The moment NYC goes off, Hudlin would probably come on normally, but you've got Osu coming on. You're looking on the bench, there's always two kids on there who are probably not at that level. Um, but I don't know, maybe Jack, have you got any have you got any feeling as to identifying a problem? I don't know it, mate. Um, I think it'll probably link on to obviously the what we're gonna talk about later, but I think it's just from I don't think it's down to one issue. I think it's from the top down. I think there's a kind of systematic problem with 
behind the scenes leading down and flowing into obviously the manager's choice. Like I'm not saying I'm not by no means am I JJ out. I think he's got a, a, a lot to prove, but there's kind of talks of why would we hire a manager that's known to be defensive or stubborn with formation change, you know, and it's kind of, I don't want to lay the blame on anyone in particular because it's not, I think it's just decision-making throughout the whole kind of organisation as you like club that might be leading to us not doing as well. Like I don't, I don't think a 28 game winless run last season it is down to, I think that's a combination of everything. It's like players mentality being shot to bits like coaching, not getting rid of Robbo soon enough. I, I, I don't think it's... I think this has been going on for a long time and we were lucky to be standing to League One or in League One, sorry. And I think now we, it's kind of finally hit us that we might be in a really bad position that we, we've we just ignored for so long because it, it hasn't... We just painted over cracks, I think. But... I don't want to, yeah, we'll move on to it later, I'm sure. But it's just, yeah, it is worrying. Well, should we, should we move on that? Should we leave the Northampton game behind? We, we move on from that. We'll, when we come back, we'll discuss and we'll ask the question, are we a club in crisis? The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. All right, welcome back. And we're going to be discussing and asking the question, are we currently a club in crisis? Uh, sounds a bit mad because a couple of weeks ago, we were beating Crawley 2-0 and we were having to go to people that were moaning and booing uh, after a 2-0 win. Uh, and I was saying, I can see something special happening this, this year. Really excited, really positive, And then, what a couple of weeks down the line we're asking this question but it's only because i got sent stuff and uh from people and fans and and i'll put on twitter yesterday regarding my point i, I should maybe have an apology to jonesy because he was probably the wrong person i should have put in my list but i was just got asked a question regarding who at the club has been in the same job since we started we me and danny spoke about this before when you see nothing changing and people ask like it's one nothing changes kind of thing. And uh, I got asked the question again today by someone is, when do you think the date of the decline began? Was it last year or has it been before that? And I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling with Wimbledon and football at the moment. I'm struggling to do the podcast a little bit as well uh, nowadays. I even said to someone, I've, I've spoke to Danny a few times about this, about just chucking it all in a little bit because it's so negative, so frustrating dealing with, <laughs> Supporting Wimbledon is hard work. We'd rather just go with my boy, go with me mates, have a drink. If we lose, I can have a laugh after. But doing the podcast is dragging and it's hard. I don't know how you feel, Danny, but it's frustrating at the moment because there is a team there. We already spoke about it. And when you're doing the podcast and you're trying to do something good, you're trying to get a message across to the fans, you're trying to get people involved that don't normally have a voice. And then you do get shot down, which you've got to have thick skin doing this. And I kind of understand that, but when the team are so poor on the pitch and you're trying, trying to guess and get where, why is it going wrong? And I, I don't know enough, I don't think, about off-the-pitch stuff to kind of point fingers and stuff. And when people ask me questions, I, I answer them. But maybe I didn't answer it correctly yesterday. And I did the one thing I hate, is putting my own personal views on the one was that a dream uh, banner. But yeah, Danny, I don't know how you feel regarding it all. Yeah, I 
Uh, well, firstly, you forgive them because we all make mistakes and I'm nowhere near. <laughs> I love doing the podcast and it's great to speak to people about it. And it's great to have, you know, meeting people like Jack and putting a face to the name and going around. I saw Matt Haydock in the club shop and it, I think sometimes it's easy to forget why we're doing it, which is just, you know, we're just two lads, not free today, just having a chat about it. I think one of the major problems a lot of us are facing is the fact that since we've been in the Football League, we've been a very, very struggling side. We've, we've, we've probably, apart from the year we got promoted, we've been, um, we've been no higher than 14th, 16th, maybe. I mean, we've literally every single league time in the last decade, we've been 16th or below, which means we've predominantly been watching our team lose football matches on a week-by-week -week basis, which over a 10-year period is going to have its effect. Now, we obviously have had some great highs and, you know, West Ham's and Liverpool's at home and, you know, playoff finals and stuff. But one of my mates was saying yesterday, apart from a three or four month great period where we got promoted, we've by and large struggled to play in league football. We stayed up on the last day of the season. How many we stayed up on the last day of the season at Bradford in the League One? We've had Doncaster the year, the year before we got relegated. It was the second to last game. I mean, come on, you can't keep fighting off these dangerous situations without having some sort of impact. So I, I don't necessarily see it as crisis, but in answer to your question, we've been a struggling football team for a decade. <clears throat> and I don't care who you are, if you're watching a team losing for a decade, in the majority of matches, it's difficult. And if you ask anyone who moves to a new ground, how many times have you seen your team play at home and win? We've got lads at, at Plough Lane, they've only missed three games and they've not seen us win yet. I mean, it's like, it's incredible. So... I think it's easy to feel sort of downtrodden and I know we're going to chat in more detail about the who's, the where's, the why's, the what's, but as a quick opener for me, I'm not surprised people feel a bit frustrated if we haven't been a winning team in a decade. Um, that's, that's I, I guess, one of our challenges to address and we're trying to and each year we don't. Um, but I don't know how you, how you see it, Jack. Yeah. Like as well, I said just before the break, whatever. I think I don't think we're in complete utter turmoil where we're just destined for a downward spiral like forever. I think if intervention is made, obviously it can be resolved. But I think with I said before, I think it's from the top down. It fit, everything starts from the top and filters down, you know. And I think with with the Don's Trust it's unelected members that we decide and people put themselves forward. I'm not knocking them at all because I think it takes a lot of, a lot of kind of, I think I respect them for putting themselves forward and wanting to see what's best for the club. Yeah. But I think there's just a lack of accountability with decision-making and there's no communication with fans about obviously the, the whole new, not CEO, but the director of football or head of football operations we've been looking for that job for months. So we've been searching for someone to take a job for months and we still haven't found it. And I think where's the communication to the fans of we're in this stage. And I, yeah, I think it just goes back to last year, like releasing a statement going, oh, Robbo, Robbo, we're happy with him doing his job. And then a few days later, he's gone just because people are, just outraged by the fact we've kept him on after not winning games for 26, 27 times or whatever it was. It's just, yeah, I no, think it fills us down. I totally agree. And this is one of my points. This is the point I've got with regards to the Don Strasbourg, the 
things like that is someone asked us because obviously the the voting's coming up for new members to join the Dunn's Trust and I'm with you Jack anyone who puts their hat in the ring her, he or her put goes and stands for the Don's Trust elections and I've got respect for everyone who's on the board of the PLC the Don's Trust as I said Jonesy the people that put their time and effort in what I want to see is people with expertise in the roles so someone asked us today which who from the on the podcast are going to put their name to stand for the Don's Trust board and I, I know I'm not I, I, I can 100% say Danny's probably not going to do that either because one time two we are just fans we are fans of a football club right, which is fan owned and we get a say. But there is, I'm a taxi driver. Danny is a uh, teacher, a teacher, very intelligent man, I have to Thank say. Thank you. Right. And, but me and him would probably be awful on a board of a football club. And all I want is people that, are, I want a bit more professionalism. That's it. I need a bit more professionalism on the board. I want professional people with expertise of running a football club. So as many people have said before, ran, uh, fan owned is great. Fan run doesn't seem to be working as well. And that's what I was trying to say with regards to what I was saying yesterday, but it doesn't come across well in text, is that if you look at the people that have been in charge for so who who's putting the KPIs on the people that are still doing these jobs. And I know people say, well, it's not there like the person that designs the kit ain't going to be here. It ain't going to be the person who makes the burgers. But for me, it's all one. Because it has, we have to be all one if we're going to be fanned on. So it's going to be everyone has to be pushing in the same direction. And Jonesy does a great job with the kit, but I want the same with the commentary. I want the same with the person selling the burgers. And there's so much stuff going on with the, the people. We'll come on to a bit later, but buying stuff at the club at the moment. I don't know if you've seen it, that they're saying, oh, if you give me cash, I'll give you a free quid for cash and taking the cash. That's not what is going on if the club ain't even pocketing money. And yesterday, someone paid for a bottle of Fanta and a chocolate bar was six pound, six pound for and thirty four quid to get in. I go, I'm going off tangent. It's just I'm so frustrated with some of the stuff. But with regards to the Don's Trust, I was looking at it earlier, and there's ten people on the Don's Trust board, right? And one, two, three, four of them sit on the PLC board as well. No, five, no, four, because Freddie Flaxman has now dropped out, but four of the people sit on both boards. To me, that I don't know enough of, I'm not that clued up on it, but for me, that doesn't seem right, doesn't sit right with me. Jack? Uh, yeah, I just think, going back to the point, obviously anyone who's on the board and does work for the club, I'm like respect completely, but as I agree, I think there should be footballing-minded people that have a say, you know? I think, yeah, I agree with the fan ownership and but I think there's got to be some accountability that some people on that board while they might, might have expertise in different areas like you've got some people doing the finance side because they work in finance or whatever but when it's coming when it's like comes down to making executive decisions which will benefit the club do we really know that the people making them are the best people to make them and I, I've seen a lot of stick recently obviously Freddie Faxman leaving the uh, PLC board so I think a lot of people see that obviously he saw Wimbledon as a project and he was like oh, I want to be involved in that and now he can't put his time, full time into it he's kind of just been like a kid with a toy that doesn't want it anymore and it's been like oh, I can't I'm not getting my full fulfilment out of it so I'm just going to throw you to the side and not like it's, that shouldn't happen in a professional club like I'm 
that might not be the whole story. I might be getting that bit twisted, but that's what it looks like from I, the outside. I have to, I have to, and this is what I'm saying. This is why I say that about the people that have been in these jobs long term. From the outside looking in, all you're seeing is the same names doing the same jobs year on year on year. And you could be, we're, we're 20 years going now, when AOC Wimbledon, we've been going for 20 years. So if you're, say, you were five when Wimbledon started, you're going to be now 25. You could be offering expertise to give to the club, but you're going, well, that person does that job for the last 15 years. There's no way I can get in. Like me and Danny said, the commentary team, I like Mikey T, I like Rob Cannell. As people, do I think they do a good job on the commentary? Not really for me, but it, the commentary ain't aimed at me. I go watch the games live. But could they get a little bit of freshness in there? Could they get someone younger? Could they get an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old? Come in, train them, teach them how to be the commentary and do it alongside them sometimes. That's all I'm saying as well. And I kind of agree with you about Freddie Flax. And we, we interviewed Freddie before when he didn't get on the board. And he says he ain't got the time to do it now, but he's selling his NFTs on Twitter and he's NFT mad and all that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, why? What, what's with the NFT stuff now? I, I thought you were AFC Wimbledon and... I expect him to be pushing more of AFC Wimbledon. I'm not a Don's Trust member. A lot of people know that and think it's mad I should be. You two are. How much information are you two receiving about what people are doing? So Grand Price, I know Grand Price uh, personally. He's a great lad. Uh, yeah. I, he's good business acumen. He's one person I would want on the board, but I don't know what he's doing, as in jobs, right? Maybe that's but I'm not a Don's Trust member. Do you know what Grand Price, Anne-Marie Godfrey, what the people are doing on the board? Are you aware of this, Danny? You've recently not, joined. No, no, not a clue. But, well, again, there's a different school of thought. So I think people have to be very, very careful what, the, what do they want. You can't be successful. I'm looking at the Champions League. I'm looking at successful teams. You can't have a huge amount of success with a load of volunteers doing it because their priority can't be in the club. You've got to have that level of, investment in what we're doing but if you do that we, we go under because we can't afford it we're, we're struggling enough as it is to put people on the pitch you're now wanting 20 people to be paid a decent whack people you know good finance person 60 grand a good marketer 50 grand we ain't got it so again you have to understand we, we as a crowd and we as a fan base have got to be clear of what our expectations are if you want to have the club that we've got, which makes his little cock-ups here and there, but it's a friendly face, it's nice it to be engaging, we have to accept this. If you don't want this and you want to professionalise it, then you've got to understand that you're going to lose aspects of our football club. And it is a really, really delicate tightrope between keeping what we want and the things that we want and the things that ultimately we need to go forward. Are you prepared to give up the friendliness, the players coming up, the doing the drinks with Ivor, standing up in front of everybody, the closeness, you give that up for the sake of paying this. Are you prepared to give up quality signings, potential youth players going out the door early for these people to run the club better? I'm not saying it won't long-term. What I'm saying is from a short-term perspective, if you want these things, it's got to take a hit. And if you want volunteers to run a football club and be successful, it's going to be difficult because... They're volunteers. You can't, like like Jack said, it's absolutely spot on. Full respect for anybody who takes their time to encourage, support, develop, nurture, mentor the club that I really, really love. I love watching Wimbledon. I love being, doing this. I love being part of it. But be careful what you wish for, because if you if you are going to professionalise it, the club ain't the club anymore. The pe You're going to get different people. It's going to be professionalised. Yes, you're going to get a better product. Yes, you might watch a better football team, but it ain't the club that we had. So the things that people find endearing about Wimbledon 
won't be there anymore. So I think you've just got to be really, really careful of what you want. I've made it very clear my stance and where I'm at, but I think people have got to be really, really careful. And I've ranted too long and Jack wanted to say something. So I'll <laughs> let Jack go. Yeah, like, I agree. I think, well, I think volunteers are what make this club as special as it is. I think, like, yeah, volunteers have made this club and driven this club forward. And the, the stuff that volunteers do, like with DLAG, like Don's local action group, is a credit to our club. And it's what people love so much about the club and the spirit. And it's a thing that fans can get behind. But obviously still utilise volunteers in areas where they're happy to to work like program sales i don't think the people that sell the programs get paid and i'm i'm pretty sure they're happy to not be paid they get, they get matched they just want to benefit the club i think okay. yeah but stuff like that but it's even you say we're a 20 year old club in its current form like in, in its new form like obviously we're not going to go from starting out in combined county league to being top that that quickly but I think something has got to change structurally at the top that can help us push past this, this faith. I don't want to say mediocrity because it's not the word, but I think it's just failure from a business side because I think we're missing out on, like even when you were saying about the, um, obviously the food food contractors that were asking for cash, that's that's not to do with obviously that's a contract that was given out by Joe Palmer, but surely you'd do some research into the price of it and how much it's costing us. I'm I'm pretty sure it'd be a lot more cost effective if we did it ourselves and not contracting a company which is borderline appalling at customer service and speed and whatever. It, something's got to change on how the club and what's given out from the club to companies. No, I, I, I kind of agree. And I've got to say there is some plus points as well. And I, I don't want to be all negative today. So the plus points is Plough Lane is a massive plus point. It's an amazing stadium. Uh, Danny put a point on it earlier. We have got a debt that we have to cover. If you look at Arsenal, Arsenal have only just paid off their debt, I think, to their stadium. And you think that when they were paying that debt off, their fans were going mad because they were dropping out of Champions Leagues. They're not winning titles. And they're used to winning and they ain't. But now they've got that debt paid. They're, they're building a decent squad. Uh, and they're, they're building for the future, which is massive for us. With guys, your point, Jack, as well, we have got the food trucks there, which do really well. I think the the food around the concourses have to be sorted, and I think people just got to keep raising it with the club. That And then hopefully the people that are doing it can be sacked. We can bring the right people in who are going to do a good job, and that can improve. But I did. there was a good point from Joe who does our graphics earlier regarding what he would like to see change. And it was to do with the, on the pitch. And it's to do with a coherent squad. I don't know if you boys kind of agree. I'm just trying to find the tweet now. So we need able to put together a complete and coherent squad. I can't remember feeling like we weren't a few players short every single summer. That comes from above the manager where we need better football expertise and they stop player manager roulette. So again, it's this HOFO. What's that stand for again? The head of football operations. Head of that's football it. operations, isn't that? Or... We need someone to come in sh pretty quickly to do that job for us because at the moment, the squad that has been put out is on Johnny Jackson because Johnny Jackson's done all the recruitment and it's a good first team 11. But beyond that, we are, we are looking at a, a, a very thin squad. And I'm with Joe. 
every year we look, we're one, two players away. But then the Don's Trust put out a statement saying our budget is poor and please don't take any interest from the bonds because that means our, our budget's going to be even worse. And putting it back on the fans, that if you don't take interest, do you know what I mean? You're making fans feel bad. I don't know what you boys feel about that as well. I think one of the big things I'd say, Lee, uh, and again, in counter-argument about all the volunteers, is that all of the all of the great things that we've spoken about, D-Lag, Glower Lane, they've been achieved. Everything that we've done as a club has been achieved with the with the, the engine room being volunteers. So it's kind of a weird, again, it's that, personally, I think, I don't know how you guys feel, I've, I always feel like life, in, we are, as a club, we've, we've reached a point where we need to go into a new phase. And I feel like we need to pay homage to what we've done, the work that's been done, get into Plough Lane, now, I, I always said to my dad, once we get the plow lane, the game's different. The club is different. The needs are different. There's bigger crowds, bigger responsibility, bigger money, etc. I kind of feel like the game has moved. We've gone Kings Meadow. We always were a bit amateur and it was okay because it was Kings Meadow. It's four and a half hours and we know what we're doing. We've now gone to a premier site in London, a very, very big ground, which is exactly what we wanted. The game's changed. We've got to adapt with it. But we have to be clear that if you want to change the game, we can't have the playing squad that we've got. It'll have to get even worse. We've got a debt that needs to be paid for. And frankly, right now, we I don't know if we're struggling to put people on the on the on the pitch. You're right, we are weak on players, but at the same time, name me a league a league two team that will tell you that we're not light on players. It the thing I said in terms of the coherent squad is that we've got very few players who I think we're, are playing for us in their prime. We've got up, up and coming players under the age of sort of 22, 23. We've got players that are 31 plus. We've probably got three players, Callum Bayer, Nightingale, Pell, potentially, who are playing relatively in their prime, i.e. 24 to 30. And I worry about the, the blend of the squad. But it is a, it's a fascinating question. It will continue to come up, the whole fan ownership, ownership people who are, people who are not. In terms of voting, in terms of Don's Trust, it's a fascinating question where the right answer is. As usual, it's somewhere in the middle. But there are, Jack's right, there are some very, very key jobs that are being done by volunteers that, frankly, deserve 100% of someone's attention. And running a football football club successfully needs people's 100% attention. If you want to be successful, you want to be Bournemouth, I'd be very surprised if the, the, the jobs that we have at Wimbledon, Reading, Bournemouth, Blackburn, Blackpool, they have volunteers doing them jobs. And it is that balance of, you know, if you want success, you've got to pay for it, I guess. But, um, Jack? Uh, yeah, I think obviously with the, I think the loan is obviously a big constraint with our budget. Obviously, we have to take that into consideration. Um, obviously, we're paying fans and stuff. But I think the, the, like the module that we have now is that we're trying to nurture these players, like Radoni, come through the academy playing them in league games because they can play like Radoni's shown that and that's how as well he's not proven on the pitch but and then we're trying to get the resale value from it to fund kind of the machine that we're trying to build to push us on through the leagues which I, I understand will take time it's not going to happen overnight and you've got like players like Bendel and Curry who I don't think will be with us long term I think they're kind of prospects that will be sold so and I do understand. I'm not. I'm not calling for things to change overnight because I know that's not going to happen. But I think we've got to start laying the groundworks now. Otherwise, it will get too late where we'll be kind of 
in shit creek as you like and we just can't we can't get back so it's yeah i think something's got to be put in place now for the future because that don's trust statement scared the life out of me that the the only way we're going to have a competitive budget going forward is by selling players and having good cup runs which both ain't 100% going to happen because we could have Jack Curry and Jack Curry and not being rude could get injured. Touch what he doesn't. He could be getting injured and that's him done. Do you know what I mean? And then that's our, one of our players that we could sell for a good sell on and we haven't got him anymore and stuff like that or they're only here for a year. Uh, someone else said, uh, Matt Davenport said, trust revised three-year strategy with financial plans for debt management and outline what's next because yeah. last time we heard from the chair which was Chris Stewart, uh, Xavier and we had Mark Robinson was that we were going to be in the championship in five years. Uh, since then, we've not heard anything back. Roro's been sacked. We've been relegated. We're now in a relegation scrap in League Two. I know it's only eight games in, but that's how it is at the moment. What What is next? Where is our plan to get the debt paid? Where are we going to be going next? What is the new revised plan? And the fans should know, again, not just on trust members, but Wimbledon fans. We've got new fans coming through them doors week in, week out, what is next for Wimbledon? Well, the thing that like Jack said, and it's really important, is that we're going to get to a point where we're selling off players a year early, which you're going to get, you're going to get less money. If you think about Rodoni last year, he had a stellar year where he, he got goals, got assists. If you sell him the year before, when he was probably, you get half the money. Mm. We're in a position now, if we're looking at every year, we need to make 900 grand or whatever you want to talk about. Mm. Curry gets sold at the end of the year. He's had a good season. It'll be amazing next season. And then you get your money. You've got to keep players for enough time for them to show that they are serious. They have got dosh and they've got a contract that isn't going to run down. And that's when you earn your money. You don't earn your money having a good season and selling. You earn your money having that good year, maintaining it, and then you go big. So it's kind of that. It's a really interesting one with, you know, the, the Bendles and the, and the Curries. You don't want to have one good year, right, well done, off you go, 400 grand, thanks a lot. You want him to have one good year, right, come back, boss it, January, let's go 800k. And you don't quite get that if you're going to be, like, you're going to be have a, an itchy, you know, trigger finger, you're going to struggle with that in that that kind of situation. It's just, Jack's right again, you know, he's in a blinder tonight, Jack. Um, it's going to be, exactly. You do need to have the things in place I guess, the, like I said, we don't know whether the right people are doing the right things because we're, we're lay people, we're on the outside. All I would say is, and I always say this when I talk about coaches and stuff and I watch a lot of coaching, if you if a volunteer coach is poor, you can say that that Jack was done and you said fair play, but you know we, we'll go. The moment you pay, you get accountability. That's what you get. You pay, you get accountability, you get pedigree, you get insurance, assurance, aspiration you get everything if you volunteer you don't have that because you can just go this ain't for me and you're asking people for heartstrings and it's hard to 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 conquer that do we have accountability with a a chair that is only going to be working part-time two days a week we've got no md in place at the moment which apparently is meant to be happening soon that was meant to be three six months ago we've got no uh head of football operations in still again that was three six months ago who, who is accountable? This is what I think a lot of fans don't understand, especially the ones like myself who are, who are a bit stupid. Do you know what I mean? Who, who is accountable for it? People say the Don's Trust are not accountable. What do the Don's Trust do then if they're not accountable for... Then they're not accountable for football, but then four of them sit on the PLC board. I just don't get it. Jack, you'll, you'll probably be able to explain it better than I can. 
I think, like, obviously, we're talking about Mick Buckley here, aren't we? Obviously, he's been here, what, 18 years? And hats off to him. He's done, he's Agreed, stuck 100%. by us and he's, and he's done and like a great job. But I think him or whoever's just announced him as kind of this grand master of the club and just, he's just been announced as being the be all and end all and the whatever. Which goes Where against is the kind of. Sorry, Joe, what goes against what? Because he's unelected, isn't he? Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, it's just unfathomable. Like, it's just fan owned is kind of like a. I don't know. It's just literally a safety clause of saying, oh, we can call ourselves this, but there's someone that's just announced themselves as being in charge. And two days a week really doesn't cut it, in, in my opinion. But it's just, I, I don't know. I think a co I think Joe was it who said oh, about coherence. It's just, it's just even, I don't know if you heard on the way back from Hartlepool where some players were on the train and some were on the coach. At least during Robbo's tenure, he would make sure that every player was on the coach because we're a team. No one would be on a, a train by themselves. Like Ayub the other day was on a train by himself with family. In for me, if you want to have team spirit, you should all be on a coach together, all socialising with each other, everything. And to me, it's just unfathomable that there's a culture where that's just kind of accepted now. See, and this is what's bad because, just... yeah, we, we, we heard about that at the time, but we didn't really mention it because when you're winning, it kind of papers over everything. So you kind of let it slip because you think, right, we're winning. JJ's got it under control. But yeah, the rumour was that some players went on a coach, some players said, no, I'm getting a train because I want to get on quicker. So we had half on the train, half on the coach. Johnny Jackson weren't overly pleased with it. And I don't think Pierce was over pleased that they got the coach and stuff like that. And it was... You could see there was a bit of tension at Hartlepool Station. But again, because we just got four points out of the first two games, people were buzzing. No one really mentioned it. And I was going to say to you two, a bit with regards to are we a club in crisis? And me and Danny mentioned it last year with regard to a civil war. And we got told there is no such thing. We're eight games in and I already can see a civil war starting already this season again. Are you, I know, Danny, you said you're happy doing the podcast. And I said, I'm, sometimes it drains me a little bit and stuff with the football and frustration. Are you happy going to watch Wimbledon at the moment? Are you are you going in there? Are you going to the games thinking, right, brilliant, I'm going to go watch? Because I know a lot of people are really thinking, can I do the gardening on Saturday instead? I'll just catch it on iFollow. I'll just watch the highlights. Or I'll just speak. I, I'm getting a lot of that from people that just don't want it. Because again, the price is 34 quid to get in if you pay on a day, six quid for a chocolate bar and a drink, taking cat, you know what I mean? And people just not happy with how things are going on the pitch and off the pitch, that they're just not very happy with it at the moment. I I, I love going to watch Wimbledon, but it, it's been really, really tough going to watch the game because it's just it's just not enjoyable. We're not... And again, the, the, the big thing for me is a lack of identity. I don't recognise what we're putting out as a team that is is my is my team. I, I don't... I'm finding it really, really difficult to recognise this group of players and be like, okay, this is a Wimbledon team. I'm finding it really, really difficult to look at players and go, Wimbledon players have certain DNA and we don't, we're not showing that. And it, it's sort of frustrating to go and watch the game with, with that. And I guess that what's been really interesting, actually, and, and people might like this or not, I don't really care. I've been, I watched the Wrexham documentary mm. and I've been watching it with, um, obviously, Ryan Reynolds and McKellany and stuff. 
And I didn't know they were fan owned at all. They were owned mm. by, they were taken by the supporters trust and how, how big a majority they got Ryan Reynolds and McKinley to take over. They must have obviously had, I've been trying to look up the history. I, I should have done my homework, but I've been too busy trying to mark other people's homework to finish today. <laughs> but what, what, what is interesting is, is the conversations. They got 94% on, on everything about, we want this, we want this, we want this. And I obviously sat there and I asked you the question, if Ryan Reynolds and McKinley came to us and they presented, knowing what they've done at Wrexham with the input finances, the infrastructure, stuff like the pitch, they've done the pitch, they've done the ground, they've done the training ground, they've done the advertising. Would that be enough to, to sway a large proportion of people to, and their chairman? I, I don't know, I'm interested in where you guys sit with it. Can I answer first, Jack, before, because I don't know if you'd be old enough, because I don't know if you remember Darren, Darren McAntony, McAntony came, yeah. came up and it never even got to a Don's Trust vote because the Don's Trust pulled for it out beforehand because it's written. I don't think Ryan Reynolds and what's his name? I can't pronounce McKinney. it. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't even get to a vote, Danny, unfortunately. I'd vote. I'd probably, I'd have to look at it all and, and look through everything they were offering and stuff like that. But as with, with that kind of question, I'd say yes, I would, uh, because of what they could bring. I think they're the way they're trying to do it. They're trying to do it a, a good way. I know they're spending. They are spending decent money. A lot level. of money, yeah. A lot of money. They spent three hundred grand just doing the pitch. That's You've right. also got to remember that these two people have got a lot of money behind them. Ryan Reynolds worth about two hundred million. Do you know what I mean? So they're not poor. They can throw fifty million at it. Then do you know what I mean? Even if they get into the league, they're not going to lose everything. But the Darren McAntony really doesn't sit well with me that it never got to a Don's Trust vote. Uh, and he was coming in saying, I will build your ground in Wimbledon. I will, I'll get you into the Football League within so many years. And they threw it out because it's it was written in our constitution, probably. constitution, something like that. And they said no straight away. And he didn't even get to present to the Wimbledon fans. And that always sits badly with me because what, why that's why yeah I I think I don't know Jack you, you were young enough then or you probably would have been how old are you 2019 uh, well obviously I've heard about it through kind of yeah yeah uh, heard about it through people obviously talking about it um, for for me it, I think fan ownership is a blessing I think obviously we've been talking tonight obviously it has its drawbacks of course but I think in terms of this club and what's happened obviously in the past, I don't, I can understand why people are very reluctant to like, I, you, I know you're shaking your head, but I, like for me, the reason why people are so against it is obviously what's happened. And obviously Danny said about if Ryan Reynolds came and offered us this master plan, I don't really think who it was. It could be like Bill Gates, whatever, with all the money in the world. I think people would still be like, have second thoughts about it, which I can understand, of course. And I think we should try and stay fan, fan owned or fan led as you like. But I think uh, it's a tough one because I, I don't, I, I don't want to offer my opinion in terms of other people because everyone's got so many different opinions about it what, that it's. What would you do? What would I do? You're writing yes on that. I mean, Jack, let me give you some context. And, and again, I really respect what you've said. And I'm really grateful that you, you're in a, in a place that you feel comfortable enough to, to speak about it, which is great. If, if there was an offer on the table and you looked at it and you're an intelligent bloke, I can tell by your go that you're intelligent. Um, if you get all, everything on a piece of paper and it is abundantly clear that 
the club will be better run without the fan ownership. We'll have a better financial stability. We'll have better opportunities. We'll be able to market better. We'll be able to be in a position where we are much more stable. The product will be better on the pitch. Yes, we will lose control, but with certain assurances. Um, would you still be against it if the offer was clearly stacked one way or another? And I'm, by the way, I, I, you're, I, I, I can understand everyone's concerns and issues. I totally get it. I understand the hesitancy. I understand the, the reticence to, to do it. But if it's abundantly clear that some guy with good intentions, has got a good track record, has got a great plan with really interesting information that will allow us to be better comms, better communicated, better run, better finances, earn more money, have better players, have a better club. If it was genuinely in the better interest of Wimbledon, surely fans would want that over, I want a lesser deal, but I want to own it, if that makes sense. Would that, had, I don't know where you sit with that, would it? Yeah. Sorry, I might put you on the spot there, but I don't really care. I'm going to ask anyone. Anyway. No, no, like obviously, I'm pro probably going to get a uh, death threats over Twitter for that. <laughs> but, um, I've got your back, don't worry. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think I that, yeah, I know, I know. Um, if I was looking at it now and someone was sitting opposite me and was like, laid out this plan, like you said, I would, my first thought would be, can we improve the position we are now without this offer? Yeah, fair. That's a fair shout. Like, because I think money someone coming in with millions looks like oh it's a grand solution and they might have good intentions but obviously that's not always it doesn't always stay that way yeah. like you look at Leighton Orient he came in with loads of money they did really well and then he just just left fucked off really didn't he so um I think I would first I would still try and find solutions to what's going wrong without taking that massive investment I think People just see money as like a, I don't want to say cop out. It's not the right word, is it? But no, no, no. I think that's a fair. Yeah, I think as, a, as an easy, an easy solution. solution, yeah. And I can see why people would love to be winning games every week, but and I know it is boring losing and stuff like that. But it's not. It, would you not think it would get boring winning every week? Like I know, like I I prefer the kind of sure. gung ho of it all. I don't. I don't for me, for me, it's not about winning every week. It's about having the professional people in the right places. No, of course. And as yeah. we said earlier, there's only so much volunteers can do. And someone coming in with money and stuff like that and saying, I want to buy the club, which I don't believe there is anyone out there that would possibly do that. I don't know. But that's another question we have to ask. Is, is there anyone out there? People keep saying, I'll sell the club or we need to look for outside investment. At the moment, we can't even sell. I think it's what we've got 15% we can still sell. I think it's, yeah. I can't remember, but we, we can't even sell that at the moment. Do you know what I mean? We've got Nick Robinson who's, who's bought in and sold the idea. Another thing I have to say, and this might come as a surprise, is are we the most successful fan owned club at the moment in Britain? In Britain, yeah, not in the world. Though. Not in the yeah, world, Britain, obviously, yeah. but in like since, because you, you look at the FC United and stuff like that, who are is struggling down in the Northern Premier Leagues and stuff like that, or the Conference North. I think they're, I don't even know if they're in there anymore. Do you know what I mean? We Exeter sold out, Wickham sold out. Do you know what I mean? A lot of clubs have sold out. I just, we need to, hearts, sorry? Is Hearts, uh, Hearts a fan and clubs? I don't know. I'm, sure, no I'm, I'm not sure 100%, but we have done very well as a fan and club, but have we at a glass ceiling? Another thing I've got to say, Jack, coming on point yet earlier, I think we've got to get over the yeah. fact, that, not get over it, that's the wrong word, sorry, I'm going to yeah, get death threats now on Twitter as well. Uh, <laughs> with regards to what happened with regards to Milton Keynes, we are in a totally different position than we were when Wimbledon FC at Sellers Park. 
we didn't have a ground. We didn't have a training ground. We didn't have real owners, to be fair, two Norwegians. Yeah, absolutely no assets at all. We didn't have anything that could stop anything, anyone run, running over us, and they did. And they took it. And I remember that day, and it was heartbreaking. But we have now Plough Lane in the middle of a community in one of the richest areas in London. Do you know what I mean? I can't, I can't see how yeah. someone comes in, buys us, and then goes, right, we're moving you to freaking Wales or something like that. that don't, I don't know how that happens. The only way it comes in is if we get a bad owner, like you said, like an Orient, spends money, it doesn't work, then gets bored and gets fed up. Or, do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't, it might not work. We could throw 100 million at Wimbledon and still stay in, stay in League Two. I think what a lot of fans want, though, is a bit of money to come in to make the volunteer positions professional, a bit more expertise, a bit more, hopefully, have a director of football. Football's changed a lot. And I've got to say, Roman Abramovich, as much as some people can't stand him, the geese have done a good job for Chelsea. They want everything under him, and he run a decent football club. Look at their youth academy and everything like that. Do you know what I mean? You've got, look at some of the clubs now are being taken over by people. There are some good owners out there. People always throw the bad owners at you. But you also got to remember that we've all had ex-girlfriends, ex-wives and stuff like that. Hopefully we've always, we've found something better. We don't look back. I think I mean? if I can interject and I'll jump on Jack all over him. In terms of the the buying of to win every week, as you said, I, I don't, I, I would find that a little bit boring, but I'm also finding finishing in the bottom eight every single week relatively dull and we're not getting to a point where we're getting any yeah, level of, of consistency and, and I and I think we're all in the same boat and I feel like if you, when Marks and Spencer started when at, or whoever whichever company starts the, the way that it's it's run in year one is different than when it is in year 10 because you grow your demands change the world changes then you get bigger then you get bigger then you get branches and you get it's just we've kind of decided in my opinion that we, you know, we're, we're the same structure pretty much from year two or three than we are in year 20. And I just, I don't understand why we haven't been able to adapt to the world, adapt to our new situations. And I just, I wonder whether or not we're in a position now where we've done a fantastic job to get to a point now where we've got, a, we've got assets, a viable product, uh, a, a location which is excellent. We've, we've kind of got a niche market of people's second teams I just, I don't know whether or not we're in that point now where it's like, you guys have done a great job. The, what, the last thing I will say, Lee, is if fan ownership was genuinely, genuinely worth it and it worked, a lot more people would be doing it and there isn't. And, yeah. the, and unfortunately, in 92 teams, 91 don't have fan ownership and not all of them are run by bad people, whether or not it's worth keeping that niche, if it is, and it does pay off. And I like what Jack said about keeping... Can, do we rather than getting rid of fan ownership, can we add? Can it be fan ownership plus? Can we make things better? I think that's exactly what we should do. But I do feel like, similar to the Super League, which is a controversial thing, we're kicking a can down the road, and eventually it's going to come to a head if we Jack, want to keep a club where we are. Jack, sorry, just before I, I, you've you've said it much better than I could, Danny. So thank you, oh, thank not you for the that, first man. time. Well, yeah, that's autographs. You know I mean? Whenever, but that's one of that is kind of my point regarding the same people doing the same jobs. I look at it from Sandhurst Town to now, there's no real fresh, the only freshness I can see coming in was say maybe Chris Thorpe is coming in the last recent years and kind of freshened up the social media side a little bit better and he's doing a grand job. Paid position, and, yeah? A paid position. Okay. Get, right? I, I, see, I think you just hit it. And that's what I mean. Jonesy with the kits does a great job and it, maybe he was a bad example. I'll say that again, but 
that's what I mean. We there's nothing fresh. I don't see anything fresh. I don't see how Jack and young lads like Jack can go right. I can help. I can do this. And we had messages after the Lord Pascal saying I've sent messages. I've asked to help. I can do this. I've got a background in this, 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 and this. You know what? The club didn't come back to me at all. And I just think it's mad to me sometimes that we want to be found home, but some of the people that are running the stuff and are involved don't want to give up that power because they then don't get to shake Woodjar's hand before a game. Do you know what I mean? There could be better people placed into them jobs that are going to make fan ownership better. If not, let's, let's go the other route and see what, what happens. Go on, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you kind of just stated. I, th I think the, going back to before, I think the whirlwind of the nine years coming up through the, the leagues has kind of taken us like off, not off guard. It's not the no, right. No, you're way right. It, you're right, Jack. What you're saying. I go think that the, the whole the whole whirlwind of oh my god, we got to the football league in nine years, has kind of put us or people in power or whatever in a position where they get from someone looking in. It's kind of like they think it's kind of oh, we've just pissed this, you know, and we don't have to put the added effort. I'm not saying they don't put effort, and they do, of course, but. It, for people it kind of seems that we've done it on the first attempt like straight away coming like nine successive or not nine successive you know what I mean and it yeah I think there's got to be some a step back and someone going we've kind of painted over the cracks of us believing that we've got into this position quite easily and I think that, yeah, there's just got to be some accountability. And I, I know what you're saying about people in volunteer roles could be paid, but you look at Jonesy, I, I don't know if he does get paid for the design of kits. He might well do. I don't think he but does. You've got to think of how much revenue, you've got to think how much revenue that kit brings to the club. Like the amount of things on the social media I've seen that our wake is the best in the league by a mile or whatever. And even Matt Haylock, who you had on the other week, like he's transformed the shopping experience there and how much revenue the shop brings in and whatever. Like it's, it's remarkable but, what I know he gets paid obviously, but, but it's people that. Jack, that's what I'm saying though. Club. We've got, we've got someone with expertise who, okay, he's not getting paid loads. He is get he is a paid employee of the club, but that's someone like Matt who is in a paid role that should be in that role. Probably should, should be getting paid more, but obviously we can't afford it. And that's the problem. He is, excellent at that job and that's what i'm saying that we could be missing out on other people because we don't know they're there or do you know what i mean like someone like arash we've had arash on before the stats man he should be involved in the club he should be get they should yeah. be going to him and going look we need you here we need you on the asc women tv and stuff like that to make it interesting to get people involved do you know what i mean it's, it's got to be about getting people interested and as i said earlier are people enjoying it i'm, I'm getting lots of feedback that the football people are thinking about other things to do on a Saturday which some people will say well that's up to them like we don't need them and like kind of fans and if they but sometimes I've got three kids I've got work things can take over from football and if it's all four on the pitch people are going to do other stuff and uh, I, we have to look back as well and, and Josie said on the podcast before take a step back and look and you look at Plough Lane and think blimmin hell that is amazing what we've done with Plough Lane my worry is yeah. that there are some people at the club which would be happy with us playing in Conference South at Plough Lane. And that, and that is real. There are people out there who go, I don't care, whatever happens to the team on the, on, on the pitch, 
well, I just want to be fan owned. And again, that's a, it's okay to have that opinion. The thing that going on to you, Lee, and again, I've no idea if they do this, they've not done it since I've been a, a Don's Trust member. I have no idea why a lot of people do it. It's why not you just have a massive assert or not a massive survey, just a little survey. If you're interested in the club, what job do you do? What level are you at? What, what do you feel like you could do? Just to get an idea, right, we've got 400 builders, fantastic. We've got three guys who are CEOs. We've got a TV presenter who could do this. We've got this guy, we've got 18 teachers. I mean, that will give you a skill database of understanding of, you know what, this is what we actually have. Danny, then yes. you've got an opportunity to go, by the way, there's an opportunity coming up. If any of you are interested, I know that this is what you do. Would you be interested to look and into it? That's my point. We give jobs for the boys and the girls. Do you know what I mean? There is people out there, as you said, like TV presenters. There's people that could do the commentary and stuff like that. Again, Mikey T, nothing against them. But we don't know if there's anyone out there that could bring a little bit better to the job and make it, as I said, it's from top to bottom. We have to look at the whole structure. We have to look that everyone's pulling in that same position. And we, as you said, we could have 10 people out there who could be brilliant on production, could be help Chris Thorpe out massively. Do you know what I mean? So it's not just on him doing this content all the time. So in, I mean? a, in, a, in a sentence in that, are we a club in crisis? I, I believe at the moment, unfortunately, yes, we are. Why? Jack? Sorry. Uh, well, it's probably going to go against kind of everything that I've pointed out. I, I don't. I think we're. I don't want to say crisis. I think we're on the edge of falling into a parapet which we can't get out of. I, I don't want to say it's a crisis, but we're. I think we're dangerously close to under. I think we're underestimating how bad it could be mm. without some change pretty soon. Danny, I think we're sleepwalking into a very, very dangerous world that we have not experienced yet as a, as a supporting group. And we, people are going to need to wake up and make some pretty radical decisions or ex make some exceptions or accept the fact that the end product might not be where you want it to be. But Danny, is this not deja vu on last year? We yeah, well, said this last year, we were sleepwalking into relegation. This year, yeah, we're sleepwalking uh, in... We're, I was going to say, the reason why I think we're in a crisis is... One, if you look at the team, we're, we're, we've got a Fred Bear squad, a couple of injuries, and we are really struggling. And we are in relegation form. I know we're only eight games in, but we're looking at the we're bottom. We're down near the bottom already. Do you know what I mean? We've got, as Jack said earlier, Jack's made some great points today about the, the structure of the club and stuff like that, which does seem to be in a little bit of disarray. And you adding it all up in this conversation, and people will agree with us, there'll be a few people that don't. But I, I think now is the time to ask the fan base where we want to go. And that's the whole fan base, season ticket holders, people that bought match tickets, people that come along. Where do you want to see Wimbledon going in the future? Because I just, as I think I'm with you, mate, I think we are sleepwalking into real serious, and I think about three or four games down the line, there could be some real toxicity at a game. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're looking at, for me, I don't think we're looking at weeks or matches, I think, in terms of, as a club, if we don't address certain situations early. And again, like I said, I, the amount of money that we're owed, the, the challenge that we face, £900,000 to find out, bits and bobs, the comms, we're, we're kind of projecting to a fan base. I, I said to my dad, it's like going to a restaurant and you go to a steak restaurant, it says steak, it says steak, and they give you fish. It's like, well, what? Well, I asked for steak. Well, no, we'll give you fish. We're projecting something and we're not backing it up because we're saying we've got this budget, and then we don't. We're this kind of club. No, we're not. We're going to offer this. No, we don't. And I think it's a, we've got to be very, very, very careful. Again, it's like the bonds. Take a bond out, you can get 
zero percent up to seven percent. Yeah. Now, please well, now please don't take the uh, the interest out of it because that means we're going to have a lower budget and that's going to be on you. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, do you know what I mean? I put my money in with you, and we ask people that don't support Wimbledon to put into these bonds as well. I don't know if it's gone out to them or just Wimbledon fans. Don't know. Jack, do you want to say last word before we move on and we'll do a Carlisle preview? No, I don't think I've got really any more to say after just everything that's been said. No, I just, I've kind of just brains frazzled. Oh, <laughs> Jack's aged. He's literally aged in an hour. That's what, fantastic. He's doing looking, one he's hour with us. Like me. He looks like you, yeah. Doing one hour with us, Danny. That's all it takes, mate. Well, thanks for coming, Jack. I'm glad I cheered you up. Right. When we, when we come back, we'll discuss the long trip to Carlisle. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back, and we're going to be previewing the uh, long trip to Carlisle on Saturday. Uh, before we recorded tonight, I spoke to the Carlisle fan. The let me just get up who he is. His name was Lee as well, so good lad. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Chips, Brunton, Chips Jr. The Brunton Bugle, uh, Carlisle United. <laughs> Uh, Fantastic. I didn't know if it meant bugle as in newspaper or, you know, the other bugle that, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he, he was quite a nice lad. He's uh, confident for Saturday. Uh, I, I'm not so confident. Who's Saturday. their manager up there, Lee? Do you still keep no care? No idea. No, it's not keep care. They've got a, an unproven manager, which seems to be okay. something of a, rec- is it regative in this league? I don't know. I can't think of the words. Here we go. I'm not a wordsmith. Lee finding the words. <laughs> it's the yeah, countdown I'm get their manager up. Anyway, you talk about the because Jack, you're going up there, aren't you? You paid sixty quid to get a train up there now. So, Jack, what do you yeah. want to see from mate? What are you what are you hoping? What would be what's a what's a positive? What's a step in the right direction for you from Saturday? Uh, well, I think after last night Northampton um, and last Saturday, I think just I think just a bit like a rocket up every single player's ass. I think like Stockport was just probably the worst game I've been to. Um, I mean, yeah, yesterday against Northampton, it was bad. Obviously, the two mistakes leading to goals, but I think it's just we don't really. I say we don't look like scoring. Pell should have had a couple yesterday. I, I think it's just a real, real confusion about what is it that's actually going wrong. Like with the with the plan style and stuff like that, which I think we spoke about earlier. But I think just just the performance where I can come away as a fan and just be like they left everything on that pitch. Like I, I don't mind if we lose one nil if we put every, our heart and soul into that game. But when you lose one nil to Stockport and it's kind of like they weren't trying, that's when as a fan I get pissed off, you know. So yeah, just. Sorry, Jack. Uh, Paul Simpson was the is the car. Oh right, okay. Sorry, the, sorry, yeah. sorry, Jack. Sorry, that's all right, uh, mate. Yeah, so that's, I, that's I pretty similar, isn't it? That's. I mean, ultimately, like Jack's a very, very well-rounded young man. That's basically almost what every woman and fan wants. We just want a reaction, a bit of intensity, a bit of a. Okay, I understand what we're trying to do here. Um, quick question for you, Jack. Formation. We've tried that. We've done the three. We've done the three at the back. We've just done four at the back. What, yeah. Do we tinker again? Do we give four another go? What, what do you think? 
Uh, well, I think it all depends on how JJ wants to play without NYC. I, I don't know how bad his injury is. There's not been an update yet. Yeah, um, I'm guessing it's something to do with his shoulder or arm because I think he did fall down onto it. This is but I think... Oh, it's his knee, is it? Yeah, I'm sure JJ good, was in um... the... Uh, he spoke to Richard Cawley, so that's how we got the news. So. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I, I, I think he's going to have to go... You might go to up top, put Asao up top, but obviously you've got the... It's just... I, I, I don't even know. I don't think the manager he knows the strongest formation or positions of players. And it's been eight games a season and a full pre-season, which is a bit... Still a bit alarming, but I've, yeah, I think I think JJ will come good. But yeah, it's just formation. I can't answer on that at all. I'd, I'd be starting Hudlin up front with Davison, only because we're going up to a club. They've got a... I can't remember his name now, but the Carlisle guy told me he's got a big centre-back. Loves to get in amongst it. Loves to wind people up. So I'd love to have a Sal just behind the front two running at him. Chislet, for me, hasn't been doing it the last couple of, couple of weeks. With Jack's point about a rocket up their ass, I expected that after Stockport, so I was very disappointed against Northampton that we didn't see that. I'm hoping that, yeah, he changes it about a bit. And I'd like to see what Huddling is about. We're going up north, big team. Do you know what I mean? Go a little bit more Route 1. Uh, Huddling and Davison. Davison ain't going to stop, so that'll cause them problems. Sal's going to cause them problems. And then maybe put Paris and, uh, and Pell back into the midfield. But I'd go four at the back, Danny, to be fair. Uh, but I'd drop Lee Brown. I'd go Jack Curry left. Uh, Will and uh, Pierce, And then I'll go Gunter right back. OK, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, I kind of... We've done three. I don't know whether or not you, you play Towler. And and you have another look at him. I feel uh, the the thing for me is I just feel like Brown needs a breather. Mm. Brown Brown, we've we've kind of done it a while. I didn't like him in the left of the three. I, I, I've always I, again I felt like we we play three. We, you play three at the back, which is normally centre backs, and we're playing a right back, a left back, and a centre back, and a wing back. I, I just feel it's all a bit muddled, and I, I would like us to play players who are comfortable to play in their proper positions. So I, I would play four if Curry's fit. I think Curry plays at yeah. left. Um, and I, I would play Gunter at right, and I play. I give Tyler another go with Pierce. Um, and question, and, sorry. Yeah, go on, mate. Sorry, the big question for you two: Are you bringing in Will Jaskalainen, or are you Ooh. keeping Zanev? Well, he has. He he, he was a crew uh, last year and wasn't great, but I don't know what you think, Jack. Well, I think that regardless of well. Yesterday, I think Zanev will start and go regardless. Um, I don't think Jaskalainen's ready. I think he'll play in against Portsmouth in the Papa John's match. But I think if it if Broom was not injured, I think it would be a completely different story. I think Broom. I mean, for for me, his distribution is second is a lot better than Zanev's, which is I think what we lack in the system we're trying to play, and his shot stopping is not bad at all. And I think you'd just be a player who's rooting to get into the team, confidence, not shot to bits. I think it would be a no-brainer to play him, but unfortunately for us, he's injured. I think, yeah, I think just or even just looking at stats now, they've well for the stat people, Carlisle scored eight goals this season, eight games. So it's not as if they're a free scoring team, but that could all change with our defence, couldn't it? And they've also, no. though, they've conceded quite a bit few goals. They conceded three against Rochdale. 
And when I was speaking yeah. to their guy, they said he said they can go to sleep. And if they go to sleep and they concede, they do capitulate. So we well, can Yeah, score. they average one, one per game. Yeah, we, we've got goals in like us. One goal conceded. But well, when you say yeah. that, we ain't scored in three. Very true, Penny. Thanks for that. What, what predictions then, boys? What are we saying? An improved performance. Um, and we'll get a draw, a score draw. Um, that's what I'm saying. Jack? Uh, because I'm going up there, making a trip, I'm going to say we're just going to play out of our skin and uh, it's going to be a great return journey home, four hours or whatever. But no, I think, um, I, do you know, I would not be surprised if it was just a bore draw. I think, uh, I, I hate to say that, and it would be the biggest disappointment I think ever. But I genuinely think it would be like a, I think it would be a bore draw. I'm, I'm going Desmond. I reckon it'd be 2-2. Two, two. We've got goals, but we can concede. They've got goals, but they can concede. So I think it'd be 2-2. Two, two. Jack, I'm quite jealous because Carlisle's a great place. It's a great place to go drinking. The weather looks good. It's a really good, but I don't think we're going to have many up there. Avanti trains need to have a long, hard look at themselves, the pricks. Putting on train tickets with, what, two days' notice. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And charging people close to £100 to get to Carlisle. don't know if anyone saw the Barrow fan who lived in London. They went to Barrow versus Doncaster fan, sorry. Lived in London and went to Doncaster. He flew to Dublin, from Dublin to Manchester, and then got the train from Manchester to Barrow. And it cost him about 30 quid. Getting a train would have cost him about 150 Wow. The train no, no. fares are an absolute joke. In, in different news, did you hear about the Morecambe game yesterday with Sheffield Wednesday? They had no. the official coach for Morecambe. Oh, and yeah. They had to, to cancel it three or four people. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> three, three, people, three people bought tickets and the official coach to go to Sheffield Wednesday. So they, had to, they obviously cancelled it because they were like, well, this doesn't work. <laughs> they could have all got in, a, in the back of a punto. Right, boys. <laughs> Thanks very much for today's show. I uh, hope everyone listens and enjoys. We'll be back on Sunday with the Sunday debrief and uh, we'll be talking about everything that's happened this week and the game against Carlisle. I'm sure Jack will be joining me. I know Danny can try and also he does try to join, but obviously he's putting a little one down. But yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. Come on, you Don. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at The Wombles Had in Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.